Just a couple of things before we start. Uh, this is supposed to be a youth Sabbath, so I don't know why I'm here. I'm, I think I'm older than our pastor. For some of you, I'm still young. For some of you, I'm old already. So sometimes when I have a little pain and ache here, Jimmy says, you're get, you getting old, Pops. So um, I don't know. Another thing is... Um, as when I talked to Curtis and 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 uh, the rest of the youth, they said that their all the theme is about James, Book of James. And uh, if you read James, this is concentrate Christianity in short book. Everything is in there essence. And my mind, I'm reading, oh, this is, this is interesting. Let's talk about this. Then next, oh, maybe go there. Uh, maybe I should do this and talk about that. And my mind just goes completely crazy. I couldn't put nothing together. And um, till 2.30 this morning, I still was struggling. Because everything is around James, let's open Psalms. <laughs> So, let's just open Psalms 50, 51. Psalms 51, and read 10 to 13. And it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me away from thy presence, and do not take thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners will be converted to thee. This is something I will want to talk about. But you already had a sermon up there. Can I do better? No, nor I'm going to try to tell you any kind of doctrine out of the Bible. I'm not certified or classified for that or not smart enough. Um, you like it or not, you're going to get a little piece of me, of my life. And before we do anything, please, let's bow our heads and invite Holy Spirit. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you. And I come before you, and I ask you that you be glorified, not me, not anybody else here, but that you be glorified here. And we ask that you bring us closer to you and help us to see you and help us to understand you. Lord, bless this time and bless each one of us. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, I don't know, should I keep, should I hold on to this one? Or I kind of feel nervous to move around. I would like to move around, but I don't know if you can hear. Um, there was a couple questions, actually three questions that was on a, on a screen. I have some few questions to ask to you. How many of you have lived all your lives here in California. 
How many of you never moved? Oh, my goodness. How many of you, obviously the rest of you, are born somewhere else? You moved. Well, those of you who moved will probably easier will get my point. And those of you who spent all your life here in California, I want to tell you, you missing out a lot. So move. <laughs> Experience. Find out what it means. Find out what it is. Um, usually it happens at nights when Grace goes to work. I'm by myself, and I miss her. And it happens that I start to talk to God. And I have my one-on-one time with my Heavenly Father by myself in my bedroom. And our conversations go all kind of different directions. And because I never dream, when I go to sleep, to bed, I wake up in the morning and other people talk about what they dreamed last night. I'm like, I slept. I had no time of dreaming. So I call these talks with my Heavenly Father my dreams. My time of my dreams. Um, Sometimes I dream about heaven. Um, Yeah, sometimes... I dream about about heaven. I dream and try to visualize how beautiful it could be, it will be, how peaceful, how pleasant, how wonderful. And then my thoughts start to go and usually, well, I say, Jesus tells me. Well, that kind of maybe sounds weird, but that's how I feel. Because I feel I'm talking to my Heavenly Father. He tells me and he says, well, let's just look at some people here. It's not just about you. It's not just about the beautiful things around you. It's just about people. Let's just talk about people. And, yeah, sometimes I dream about people that I grew up with that I loved, and uh, sometimes I feel sad that they or I was able to spend so short time of my life with the person. This person is not alive anymore, and I dream of meeting that person again. One of them is my grandpa, who made a huge impact on me. I, as a little boy, he was reading Bible, and his Bible was like, Two of these together, and now they're a huge, huge book. And one day I was kind of going through it, and I found a list of all of my my relative names, and my name was there too. And I asked him about what this list is all about. He said, I just pray for you guys. And uh, he was a wonderful man. I really look forward to meet with him, and I dream to meeting him again and talking to him. I dream of meeting people that I read in the Bible and I admire. 
I admire like Moses, Daniel, blind men. I dream of meeting people and talking to people that lived and struggled in their lives. Like we studied about Samson. We studied about David. I can relate to them. They struggled with their lives the same way I do. I dream about talking to them, asking them questions. And then I dream about talking to Jesus. Hmm. Talking to Jesus. Have you ever imagined or dreamed stand face to face to Jesus and talk to him? What will I say? What could I say? He protects me. He guides me. He blesses me. He loves me. He died for me. He saved me. He chose me before I chose him. What can I say? And I'm so thankful and so glad that he can read my broken heart because my tongue will be more use, worthless than it is today. I'm still stumbling. Um, have you ever dreamed about seeing Jesus? Sometimes I get homesick. I get really, really homesick, and I miss things that I had. I miss people that I knew. I get so homesick, then it hurts. I feel I'm, I maybe don't belong here. I maybe don't fit in. And I feel so, so homesick. And the problem is, that all the things I'm homesick about are gone. They don't exist no more. I'm not 10 years old no more. The people, the country, the lifestyle, everything is changed. Nothing exists. Nothing is the same. I am homesick about things that doesn't exist no more. What shall I do? I'm a sometimes feel I'm a guy without the country. I'm a guy without a place under the sun. I don't fit nowhere. I don't belong nowhere. And I start to get frustrated, and I start to ask questions to God. What's this all about? What's the purpose? Why you did the things you did in my life? What's the reason of my life in the first place? Why? Since it's all about James, let's open James. Uh, let's open James 1, 17 and 18 and see what James says. James 1, 17, 18. And it says, um, Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Well, we all agree on that. We all believe in that. We all know that. We accept all good things come from our Heavenly Father. And then it says, in the exercise of His will, 
He brought us forth by the word of truth so that we might be, as it were, the first fruits among his creatures. What does that mean? Well, I don't know what that really means, but I have my humanly, humanly mind starts to work, and I'm thinking life is way too hard. Get to heaven is way too hard. And you know what, Jesus? And that's in my dreams again. I talked to Jesus. I said, you know what, Jesus? I think I figured out easier way how to get to heaven. Well, what's the easier way? You know, when you, when you make the decision, I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. You studied the Bible. You accepted it. You say, yeah, it's truth. I want to follow it. I accept all that Jesus did for me. And then, what's the next step? Uh, pastors asking a couple of questions. Do you believe? Yes. Do you believe? Yeah. Do you believe? Yeah. Do you, all those 27 or whatever, 37, 28. Oh, see. Questions. <laughs> see, he knows better than me. That's why he's pastor. Um, all those questions, and we say, yeah, I believe, yeah, I believe. And then we come here and pastor in the water, and pastor says, in the name of the Father, of the Son, and Holy Spirit, I baptized you. And you go under the water, and you get lifted up, and you're all happy. And you know what next needs to happen then? Dead. He's... We should be dead after baptism. No way to sin. No opportunity to screw up. Everything is perfect and right. You are perfect with the God. That would be so much easier, wouldn't it? So we're ready for heaven right then and there. I figured all this out. This is probably what this verse says, but I don't know why it doesn't happen that way. Well, and Jesus said, no, no, no. I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you the same way I had the plan for Abraham, David. I have a plan for you the same as I have a plan for all these people that you admire. And I'm saying, yeah, here we go again. Um, let's read James 2. Let's read James 2, uh, 17. 26, and it's kind of long, and I'll probably stumble, but be patient with me. Uh, James 2, 17 to 26. Even so faith, it, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may say, um, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith has working with his works as a result of the works. Faith was perfect and the scripture was fulfilled 
which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Okay, Jesus, here we go. How many of you feel like you are the same as Abraham? I don't. I certainly need to put my hands in the pockets. How many of you feel like you are like an Isaac? Uh, how I know I would take chance of outrunning anybody who wants to sacrifice me. Um, God, Jesus. Do you realize that you're asking from me impossible things? It's impossible. I can't do this. And I'm finding out that I have Moses' heart, the heart of reasoning, and the heart of saying, no, God, not me. Please, not me. No, send somebody else. No, don't ask me from the, uh, do this. And I'm doing this over and over and over again. Because I'm not the Isaac. I'm not the Abraham. I'm not the Moses. I'm not like David. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even like a crippled man by the pool who was laying there and asking for water to move. I'm not. And Jesus said, no, you're not. You're different. But you know what? I am the same. Then what do you want me to do? Then what do you want me to do? to do have a broken heart dream with a broken heart do you see Abraham can you see Abraham with a broken heart can you see David dreaming with a broken heart can you see crippled man with a broken heart when he picked up his bed? Can you see them dreaming with a broken heart? Jesus said, when you are weak, I am strong. And only, only then, when you are weak, I am strong. Do you dream with a broken heart. There's a song that I hear on the radio that young people listen, and the lyrics go something like that. When you dream with a broken heart, the waking up is the hardest part. I don't know about waking up, but I know about dreaming with a broken heart. When you look at Jesus, when he had done for you, when you look at Jesus, what he is still doing for you, and you don't have a broken heart. When you look at your spouse and the love that she or he is showing to you, and you don't have a broken heart, 
When you look at your children, when they grow and come with you to church and listen, and you don't have a broken heart. When you see them to stand up for Jesus at school, and you don't have a broken heart. When you see them standing here and leading in worship, and you don't have a broken heart. When you have a friend that you can study Word of God, and you don't have a broken heart. And if you had a friend that you studied together who came here all the time, but now you don't see him, and you don't have a broken heart, do you dream with a broken heart? I want to say more. If you don't dream with a broken heart, you have not met Jesus. Because he was a man with broken heart, man of sorrow. And you know what? If you don't dream with a broken heart, he still is with a broken heart. Because all your dreams are very self-centered. All your dreams are about right here, right now, about me. If you don't have a broken heart. Matthew 6.21 says, Where your treasures are, your heart will be also. This is youth Sabbath. And we like to plan, we like to dream, and we like to do all those plans and dreams about our life. And we sometimes forget that we're dreaming with not a broken heart, but the heart that wants to be in center of everything. Do you dream with a broken heart? And I'm not talking about being sad and mopey and crying and, and down and, or putting a sticker on a car that says, not of this world, uh, and then drive like you are not from this world. <laughs> but uh, I'm talking about have a heart of gratitude. Have a heart that is thankful. Have a heart that recognizes we need a personal Savior. Are we really followers of Jesus? Do we really do what it takes to follow him? Do we really want to follow him? They ask questions. Let's ask a question. Do you want to follow God? Why do you want to follow God? Because heaven sounds so good. Let's read James, because it's all about James. James 3, 16, 18. And it says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, 
reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is shown in peace by those who make peace. Did I read correct? I think I did. Well, if the heaven is my selfish ambition, then I'm not going to get very far. We all say we wait. We expecting and we waiting for Jesus' second coming. But you know what? There is a whole lot different kind of waiting going on. And we heard on a movie, on a screen. We can wait, and we don't even know what we're waiting for. We can wait, and we don't even know how to wait. One thing is for sure. None of us who accepted Jesus Christ... And didn't die right after it. None of us will go through heavenly gates all by ourselves, alone, with nobody with us. Nobody. It's impossible. It's impossible. And my human mind says, "Uh uh-uh, what about the sinner on a cross, Jesus? He didn't have any time to... He didn't have any time to help anybody. He didn't lead anybody to you. He didn't help anybody. But if we think, how many people been touched and led to Jesus through sinner on a cross story and still is led to Jesus through him? And I think we can only dream of touching so many lives, as many lives sinner on a cross is touching. Do you dream with a broken heart? Do you dream with a broken heart? We can up, we can put a show, like Curtis said. We can make a skit. And we can go through the life like a skit. We can fool everybody around. We can put up a a life, very good show of a very good Christian. But when you dream, that's real. That's real you. That's real me. What my dreams are all about. Do I dream with a broken heart? Am I homesick? Are you homesick? Where is your home? What are you homesick for? Let's dream with a broken heart. Let's read one more time what David said. Because David was man of God's own heart. And David was a guy who had a broken heart, who dreamt with a broken heart. And he wrote these words, 
with a broken heart. Create in me clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me away from thy presence, and do not take thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me your joy of thy salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners will be converted to thee. 